0: And if you have your monthlies, just hold them up there for me, hold them up that you've got a monthly, everybody should have one, your three part outline for today's message is right there. All right. Um, So new beginning Sunday, this is um, there's a couple times a year when we we cast vision for our church and talk about where we've where we're going. And this is one of those Sundays. And so um, I wanted to put that in the form of a monthly so you can keep that and and just kind of consider what this challenge is. At um, this, this September 10th on 2017. So today we're finishing a series um, that, I've, that we've entitled Make Life Happen. And it's been all about the power of intentionality. We began by, by recognizing that you have, you make, you have the, a lot. Our goal has been that we don't just let life happen to us. That much of life just does happen to us. Um, but if we just let life happen to us all the time, we will ultimately not fulfill what, what the Lord has called us to do. Now, the truth is, we can't we don't get to choose everything that's going to happen to us. But here's what we discovered in this series, is that you make 35,000 conscious decisions a day. So if you make 35,000 conscious decisions a day you have some ability within those 35,000 decisions to have some intentionality with your life. And so that's what we've been examining the last week. We talked about making life happen, the power of predetermined decisions, um, the, the power of makes making spiritual growth happen. Last week we talked about making empowerment happen, that this place would be a, a, a giant springboard for others' faith to, to spring from. That we wouldn't just be on our own small trampoline. And this is all just for me and myself. And if you guys would just leave me alone, I'm just going to continue to jump on my own little trampoline. We called last week, Living a Chi Zone, a Sky Zone life. I call it Chi Zone because that's what my four-year-old calls it. But it's a place of, gi- of a giant trampoline where everybody is welcome to join in the journey together. So today, we are now going to conclude this series. And the message is simply entitled, Make Ministry Happen. And so since it is New Beginning Sunday, I just want to tell you a little bit about some of the things that begin in this season. Um, Sunday school continues. We've we've had Sunday school all throughout summer. Um, As Clint was praying this morning, we were praying together. He was just saying how the adult Sunday group continues to grow. So we would love to have you join us at 915 on a Sunday morning for Sunday school. Um, This Women's Fellowship meeting is really important um, this coming up Tuesday because this is where we begin to put on one of the biggest events of the the biggest event of the year for us. Um, Our Turkey Supper, we will see hundreds of people come through to get meals and this whole church puts it on. We even have kind of a competition going between those that do the deliveries and those that do the food here on site in the kitchen. So um, it is important for the ladies to come and hope that everybody can be a part of our Turkey Supper this year we are launching a, a community youth ministry. We have seven churches that have allied, seven churches here in our town that have combined and are beginning a community youth ministry. Um, that's going to launch on August 20th, and then again on the 27th, they have like a soft launch and a big launch. But our first day to host will be October 4th. We will have um, this, this community youth ministry here on October 4th, and then again on the 18th excuse me, at the conclusion of this month, we will we will once again launch our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, that's going to take place bi-weekly this year, um, and, and so it's going to be every second and fourth Wednesday, but the very first one, I put August in there. I don't know why I did that. I don't I put August on all of those, <laughs> but it's going to be September 27th. Man, is it really September already? So I, I, it's going to be September 27th at 7 o'clock p.m., and then And then the choir begins on Wednesday, October 11th. Our first choir is going to be Wednesday, October 11th at 6 o'clock p.m. So if you're noticing what's happening, we are now going to have a pretty consistent Wednesday night here, okay, where where the first Wednesday of every month is community meal. The second and fourth Wednesday, choir will be at 6 o'clock, and then we will have a Bible study at 7 o'clock. And for those of you thinking about choir, You know, you just had a few kids get up here and sing. I think some of you can join the choir, and even this guy right here is going to join the choir this year, okay? So maybe some of you will consider joining us for the first time on October 11th at 6 o'clock p.m. will be the first choir practice. So the typical template, it will be choir at 6, and the second and fourth Wednesdays, hopefully you could stick around for Bible study at 7 o'clock. My next series I'll begin at the end of this month will be on the book of Ephesians, and so what we will be doing, a Bible study will be do just like we did last time. We'll be talking about the message and talking about the text that we are going through. So we'd love to have you join us on those Wednesday nights. And as always, we will continue our community meals. Believe we'll that slide up there for a second, Nick. But another new thing we're going to begin this year. We've already did it last month, um, but we want to start taking once a month just giving some ministry recognition. We want to let all of you know of various ministries of our church, and we call it a bit of a ministry spotlight, okay? And so there is an opportunity with community meals every week for some of you uh, to get involved. We had our first one this week. We had a great turnout. We needed a little bit more help on the food, but we made it happen. But each week, we've been doing this for almost two years now, and this person right here has been making it happen every week, every month for us. All right. Does anybody have any idea who that is? Huh? Molly? No, No. but it looks a lot like her, right? I've had a little help from mom and dad. Um, This is the wonderful Jill Sorrell, who who has been putting together and leading the way for us with our community meals for about two years now. And um, she is. She's been heading that up for, and it's. It's become a. It has definitely become our new ministry in our community. Uh, people are seeing seeing that on the signs every week, and people know. And, and we're getting you know people from other churches. We're getting first time guests. We get some people that have never even stepped foot in this church, and so it is becoming an outreach for us. And so, Jill, I want to thank you for all of your work these last two years and all that you put in to allow that to continue. And. And, and so since she might not say this as frankly as I would like to say it, she needs some help, all right? And so uh, a day like today, um, we'll have a spreadsheet out next week for the pasta meal that we're going to be doing. And we're going to be asking everybody to double up because we're going to serve the youth on the first Wednesday of October as well. And so please step in. Now, Jill has also been, um, been heading up the HIT Foundation Homeless Shelter Meals as well. And I'll I'll say this because I know she wouldn't, but when those holes don't get filled, oftentimes it's Jill that's filling those holes and getting those meals over there to the HIT Foundation. So we have, I think, just a couple dates that still need filled as we finish out the year. would love to get those last couple dates filled up this year, um, excuse me, today before you leave today. Okay. Um, If you're not familiar with that, we have a community. um, There is a, a homeless shelter now in Preble County. It doesn't house a lot; it houses somewhere around 15 people. Um, the meals that are provided there come from all the local churches, and the Wednesday is kind of West Ellic's day, and so we kind of rotate, and we have the fourth, basically the fourth Wednesday of every month, uh, give or take. So that is our day to provide the meals um, for the homeless shelter. So please, if you haven't done so yet, or you would like to serve in that capacity, please sign up at the back to, to fill those last couple slots for the HIT Foundation. So we are. This is a time where we begin. Uh, to launch ministry, and I want you to, to consider, the question I'm asking you today is, will you make ministry happen? Just like our, our series has been for you to make life happen, now we're asking you to consider to make ministry happen. And now, the reason I wanted to make sure everybody had one of these today is because we, this, can serve as your, this can serve for you. You can take us home if you want, but we, we also would like for you to use this as a form if needed to. In this bottom paragraph where it says we need you to step forward in ministry, I put a list of many different things that our church already does. If you sense an opportunity there that you are currently not involved in and you would like to get involved in, um, I'd love for you to circle that, place it in my box, or be sure to contact me, email me let me know that this is an area that you want to make sure you get involved with in our congregation. There, you know, When you put it all down on a list like that, there's quite a few different ways in our congregation for you to get involved right there on that first, pair, on that first section. The second section, those are a lot of things that we do not have transpiring here in our congregation. Um, and those are an opportunities for you to dream, for you to consider. Maybe this is a way you could make an impact in our congregation, or maybe you could think of something that's not on that sheet. So, as I'm speaking this morning, um, I'd ask you to consider these things as, as the Lord lays upon your heart maybe a way you can get involved in a ministry and maybe a way that you can get involved in a new ministry and be the one that is the catalyst, the spark that starts something new. And so, but to make ministry happen, um, we need a few different things, some three specific things we're asking from you today. They're already right there on your sheet. So, before I get into this, will you join me? As I begin with a word of prayer. Well, Jesus, you're alive. And more than ever this morning, I pray our congregation would realize that. What we come here on Sundays for is not some pie in the sky hope. We believe in a present living God that is living and active. And we can have as much of of the Lord in our lives as we want to if we will just yield to your presence and your Holy Spirit in our life. I pray this morning that each one here would have a recognition of how real you are and how near you are and get a sense and conviction of the Holy Spirit to take a step forward towards you, towards empowerment, and towards ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing that I want to ask of you today on this New Beginning Sunday the first thing that we need of you is a congregation here at West Alexandria Church of the Brethren is first and foremost, we need you to love God more. Now, I put that in your newsletter because or in the monthly because i I, I would guess if you you maybe nobody 's ever directly challenged you with that question, and maybe for some of you. That question might actually, that challenge may seem a bit offensive. Now, here's, I want you to pay attention. Nick's going to show us this verse here in John 21, 15 through 19. Here's what happened to Peter. Do you guys think Peter loved God? You guys remember reading about Peter in the New Testament? He's a guy, one of the apostles ended up giving his life for Christ. I would think it would be true that Peter loved God. And Peter had an incident while Christ was still on this earth before his death and resurrection that where he denied Peter three times, where Peter denied Christ three times, and Jesus even told Peter he was going to. And so then in John 21, 15, um, what's going on here is that Jesus is ascended, excuse me, he's resurrected. He's resurrected, but not ascended yet. So he's on the earth, hanging out with Simon Peter, having a conversation, um, having breakfast with him on the beach. And here's some things that Jesus is saying to Peter. He said, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my lambs. So Jesus, first off, had to ask Peter if he loved him. Then he says again, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Next verse. Oh, is that all I gave? Maybe that's all that I gave you. I didn't give you the rest of them. That's my fault. 17 through 19, we don't have them. (laughs) But the conversation continues. The conversation continues where Jesus continues to challenge Peter and say, Do you love me? Do you love me? Now, this is a mysterious passage in Scripture, but what's happening here is a couple different things. Jesus is affirming Peter again. And here Jesus is, as the constant saying, Peter, I know you're going to fail me again. I know you're going to make mistakes and I'm still going to be here for you. I'm not going, uh, I'm still commissioning you. I'm still asking you to do my will. And yes, Jesus actually asks Peter the question, do you love me? And he tells him, gives him a command and an expression in a way of kind of showing that in a way of expressing that. In other words, Jesus is saying, Peter, now I need you to love me even more. And here's what we do, and it, I don't know how this ever happened, but I, I bet you I, I wonder if it's just something true to America. Um, it's something you may not hear in other cultures. I don't know, but but this is what happened. You've, you've heard people say many times about their kids, and I'm sure all of you have said this before about your kids or about your parents. And, and so you might say this, like, you know what? I love you more than I could possibly love. I love you so much, there's no way I could possibly love you more. There's no possible way. You're you're my son. You're my daughter. There's no way I could love you more than I love you. And here's what we've done. Here's what we've done. We've, like, put, if we call this jar love, and it's about the size of a real human heart right here, okay? It's like we put a cap on it and said, this is all there is. I know the way that I feel. Nothing could ever change the way that I feel, and I love you to the fullest. I put a jar on it. There's a cap, and this is how much I love you. And many of us almost got offended when I said, I bet you some of you here got offended when I would dare challenge you to love God more. Because at some point in your life, if you're sitting there offended by that, you put the jar The lid on the jar of your love for God. Well, this is it. This is the way I've always felt. This is the way I probably always will feel. And this is just me. This is how much I love God. Now, just to show you how biblical what I'm saying is, take a look at 1 Corinthians. uh, Take a look at the next passage there. 1 Corinthians um, 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Church, could every one of you here be a little bit more patient? Patience the worst thing to pray for. Don't pray for patience because then it will happen to you, right? Then you'll have many reasons to learn to be patient. Love is kind. Could everyone here probably learn to be a little bit more kind? Love, it does not envy. Could we be a little less envious? It does not boast. Could we be a little bit less arrogant, a little bit less prideful? It, does not, it is not proud. It is not rude. Could we all learn to be a little less frank and a little less rude sometimes? I could go on and on, self-seeking, easily angered, keeping no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always, that's a strong word, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Church, what I want to tell you today, and you've got to get this understanding as a Christ follower, is that we, as, as Christians in this world today, we do not get to put the cap on this lid. That doesn't make sense, does it? We do not get to put the cap on this jar. Every one of us here are called to keep growing in love in our own relationships, and most importantly, in our relationships with Christ. And I need you if it's been so however long it's been for you to ever think of your relationship with Christ that way. I am telling you very clearly today, yes, you can love God more. You hear if you've ever had a conversation with me when I describe someone that maybe you don't know that I know or that I'm just getting to know, my trait about them that tells me they're a Christian is I will I will usually say out loud This guy loves God because I can see it in his life. I can see it in his actions. I know there's an affection for God. He's not just going through the motion. This man, this woman loves God. Don't put the lid on the jar. It's time to open it up and grow in our relationship with Christ again. Just as Jesus was challenging Peter on that beach over 2,000 years ago, he's challenging you today. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Take a step forward. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Take, keep taking a step forward in affection for Christ. Secondly, the next thing that we need you to do in this season, on this new beginning Sunday, is we need you to dream again. It would be a good idea if you have your Bibles with you to open to Acts 2.17 because we're only going to kind of hit on one little section of that. I kind of want you to see everything else that is going on around it. But here's what Acts 2.17 says. What's happening in Acts 2.17 is Jesus has now ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. And he told his disciples to to go um, to the upper room and, and to wait upon the promised Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And so in Acts 2, this begins to happen. Um, the, the people begin to, to pray in tongues. And what happens is people around are hearing what they're saying. And they say, we hear these men and women declaring the wonders of God. And then Peter gets up, the same Peter who we were talking about a few minutes ago, gets up and shares. He refers to the prophecy of Joel, and he says, this is that which was promised by the prophet Joel. And here's what Joel's prophecy said. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, what was happening here was that they were, they were seeing this happen. They were seeing the presence of God fall on people, and they were declaring the wonders of God. See, church, we need to understand the only thing. Ke- now, this same presence, this same availability of the Holy Spirit is here and present with us today. The only thing keeping us today from being torn turned on by the Holy Spirit is ourselves. There was excitement in those days because they saw others speaking in tongues and that what they, they heard them declaring the wonders of God. They were not talking about what man can do. They were talking about what God can do. Can you remember a season where you saw the intervention of God in your life? Can you remember a season where you would say, where you said, I'd love to see God move in so-and-so's life? Maybe you thought, I'd love for our church to be a place where God, or imagine what kind of impact we can make in our community and in our world if God. Church, I'm asking for you to have some hunger again. We need you to believe for big things again. We need you to imagine again. I have a confession because I'm kind of a, most of you know I'm a coach, and I've been a coach for a few years now in, in a couple different sports and and I have to confess that i you know because i 'm a, a pastor i don't think it would be too much of a surprise to you to tell you that I love the pregame speech, okay I love getting a chance to talk to my kids right before they go out and play and I have this thing I do I always put like a word on the board and I just apply something to that word like this is what tonight's about it's this word here and I, and I think about I think about what you do what I do in those moments and I'm oftentimes trying to get them to imagine what tonight could be like. Imagine, and and also trying to bring home, bring home the point of, this is what you've already been doing. This is what you're preparing for. And make it not just about a game, but about life. And I like to take those opportunities to talk about, this is the person that you are becoming right now. This is who you will become if you make these decisions. This is where, where all this starts to matter. Church, what I'm trying to say is, Many of, us, many of us need a pregame speech again. And you know who gives that pregame speech? It's not just the pastor that stands up here with a microphone every time. It's each and every one of you getting into each other's ear and dreaming again, believing God again for him to do something bigger than yourself. Reminding, we need people to remind us of why we're here. See, you think it's just because you showed up for yourself, but it's encouraging just to see other people here. To remind you why you serve. To remind you why all of this matters. Because if we're just showing up, church, what is the point? We must be a people that are about Christ and rallying together, believing and dreaming again. Expecting something bigger. Expecting something better. And not, not so much stuff that we would create, but that God would do through our midst because we are willing and to yield to his spirit and his presence in our life. Now, I'm challenging you. We need you to dream again. And then finally, we need you to step forward into ministry. And that's out of 1 Peter 4 7 through 11. And this verse is so good. I could preach through this for a while, but I want to just focus on a few key points here. This is what Cheryl read to us in the beginning. If you have your Bibles, you can go there, but it will be up on the screen there. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 9. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Um, you may have a version that says sober-minded. That means the be people that aren't so consumed with the things of this world that you have no spiritual awareness to what the Lord is wanting to do in your life and what the Lord is wanting to do to bring his kingdom here on earth. That's what sober-minded is. That we're so distracted that we couldn't, we, we couldn't even take a step back and ask the question, God, what do you want for me right now? What is most important in my life right now? It reminds me simply of the story of Martha and Mary, Martha and Mary. Jesus is coming to their house and Martha is incredibly distracted by all the preparations that need to be made. But Mary stays at the feet of Christ. This is in in the scripture says that Mary has chosen what is most important and it will not be taken away from her. So we must be sober minded. The next one. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, this is just simply reminding us that when we are in loving relationships with each other, we know we we don't hold each other's mistakes against us. As I shared, we're no longer competing with each other. We're saving each other. I shared that last week when we talked about Hurricane Harvey. That's what we saw happen in Texas. People who formerly in their own isolated worlds in the, the American culture that keeps happening, we keep finding ways to isolate ourselves and not have to associate with too many people unless it's on Facebook. And, 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 but then we, they get a moment where a flood comes and now all these people who were formerly isolated from each other are now working to save each other. This is what love does. We're not competing anymore. We don't hold somebody's mistakes and that stupid thing that they said, that stupid thing that they did years ago. No, they need me in their life today to help them take a step forward. That's what love does. It covers over a multitude of sins. The next one, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, I think that one speaks for itself. Old biblical hospitality was literally let others into your home, let others do life with you. And so that's enough said on that one. Next verse, 1 Peter four, ten, And this is the crux of our message today. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so As one speaking the very words of God, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. I've given you a couple opportunities. I've given you some ways of how you can get involved. I've challenged you in ways that perhaps you can dream again. And I mean that. I want to reiterate again. Before you leave today, if you want to circle one of these things and place that in my box, that would be great. If you want to shoot me an email, give me a call, or even if you know somebody who heads up this ministry that you're interested in, I'd encourage you to contact them even before you leave today. But, church, the, the message here in, in First Peter is simply that we must be good stewards of the gift that we have been given. You have a gift. You were created to love God with your life. I can sit and argue with anybody in this room about that all night and day. That's what I believe in the, the fi- very fiber of my being. That's what you were created for to love God with your life. It's time for us to take the cap off and learn to love again and learn to be good stewards again of what the Lord has given us. And when we start to do this together, we raise the expectation, we raise the anticipation, and we begin to see God do some amazing things in our midst, not because of what we've done, but because of what we have allowed him to do through us. We need you to consider being a good steward of what you've been given. And yes, we need you to take a step forward into ministry. Join me as we conclude with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for each and every one here. I want them first to know that they are loved by you. As you sat with Peter on on that morning, you reminded Peter that there was nothing he could ever do to make you love him less. And you looked into the eyes of men and women like Peter that are just a man like Peter that are just like the men and women here in this room and just like me. People that will fail you. People that will sin again. People that will make small mistakes, many small mistakes and people that will make big mistakes. And you keep saying to us that I'm not done with you yet. Will you love me more? Will you take another step towards me? Will you feed my lambs? Will you feed my sheep? Will you use the gift that you have been given? Will you be a steward of the gift that you've been given and bring about an impact in your local church and in your community? Lord, today all across this room, I pray your spirit would move in our hearts and our answer would simply be yes. But more than a word and more than expression, we would take a step towards you. Awaken us to your call, Lord, and may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.